0: Open your Bibles now to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. In the New Testament, Jesus commends his friend Mary for choosing in the account Luke the better part. Remember her sister Martha stayed busy and Mary chooses what was truly important. Let me just start off tonight and say, uh, tonight by being here, you have chosen the better part. So good job tonight. It truly does matter. Tonight we're going to start back in our study in Proverbs now we are back in the midst of what is called the 30 sayings. Really, it is a section inside of a section that God has deemed valuable for us to know. Now, think about that. That is a really profound thing. The God of all creation has deemed that these things should be set aside, lifted up, that we would know these things. He wants us to know these things. Well, last week we left off with the 12th saying. Now, that is where we stop this week. We're going to pick back up in the 13th saying. Uh, So we're starting back tonight, Proverbs chapter 23, verses 15 and 16. The 13th saying, verses 15 and 16. It says this, My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad, and my... Innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Now listen to that again. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad. And my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is what is right. Now listen to this. If you are wise, if you are prudent, then you decide on your goal, and then you make a plan of the things that's going to take to reach that end. That's, what, that's how you're successful. If you're a prudent person, you decide, this is what I'd like to see, this is what I'd like to accomplish, this is my goal, and then you make a plan to end at that goal, the things that will produce your goal. Very simply, to have success, to see success, you have to know what it is you are seeking. You have to know what it is that you're shooting for. Now, we live in a really a happenstance world where people just do all sorts of crazy things and they they go around and it doesn't seem that they calculate anything and they just see how it turns out. Well, if you're going to have success, you have to know what it is you're seeking, then you can do the things that would result in that. Well, listen to this. Well, as a parent, to see success in your parenting... You have to first decide what it is that is your goal. Now, listen to me. To see success in your parenting, the first thing you do, you have to decide what is your goal. Now, here's where our world gets off track. And I'll just tell you, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but our world's off track when it comes to parenting. Well, here's where our world gets off track. We have all sorts of goals for our kids that aren't God's goals. And it's not for a lack of goals, it's not for a lack of trying, but we have all sorts of goals that are not God's goals. Now I want you to think about this. If I were to go out, maybe in this room, maybe somewhere else, maybe out in the streets, maybe at at United or at Walmart, and if I were to ask, how do you know you've succeeded as a parent? You were to go to folks and say, how would you know that you've succeeded as a parent? Now, I think you'd hear versions of the same thing. Folks, I think, would say, well, my kids are independent. They're able to stand on their own, and that was the goal, and so we've been successful. I think you'd also hear about success, and and fixed into that is a certain level of popularity, probably a, a certain level of education, For sure, a certain level of income, of wealth, a certain level of accomplishment. Well, they played this thing and they went to this place and they did these things. They had scholarships while they did those things. I think you'd probably also hear about morality. Well, they are good people. We've raised our kids and they're somewhere and they're living and now they are good people. And you you may hear more than those things, but I think you'll hear versions, swirled together, mixed together of those things. Now listen, those are all good. Nothing is wrong with those. But in this 13th saying, God tells us, actually tells us what success is and what it is that we should celebrate as parents. Now that's a huge thing. God actually says these are the things that you should celebrate as parents. There are two things. Now, the parent is talking to the child in the verse, and the things that they're going to celebrate, it says, if your heart is wise, and if your lips speak what is right. These are the two things that bring joy to the parent that are a mark of success in the parenting of the parent, two things that God holds up. Here's the things. If your heart is wise, And if your lips speak what is right. Now, I want to look at those two things. Now, remember tonight, sometimes we get confused. Uh, We've seen it all the way through our study. Wisdom is not possessing knowledge. It's not acquiring a bunch of facts. It's not having a bunch of information. Sometimes we say, well, man, this kid's memorized all these things, and we have all of this information. It's not that. It's not having an academic mind or even an intellectual mind. But wisdom is holding God's wisdom. That's what we've seen in our study. It is possessing godly wisdom. And so one of the two goals is to produce kids that their hearts operate with or their hearts operate according to godly wisdom. What's one of the goals of, of, of a successful parent? One of the things that they set out? To produce a kid that their heart operates with godly wisdom. Let me, let me point out this. If that is there, do you know the rest of the things will take care of themselves? And we stress out about this thing and this thing and this thing and we want to accomplish all these lists of things. Do you know if you have a kid that their heart operates according to godly wisdom, the rest of those things will take care of themselves? The second goal is that their mouths will speak what is right that their mouth will speak what is right, that their mouths would speak truth. Now, let's follow with me. What is right? Well, the only thing that's right is the truth, truth. And so the second goal is that we would have kids that would know the truth, that would be full of the truth to the point that the truth was coming out of them. They know the truth. They are so filled with the truth that when they speak, the truth comes out of them. Now, stay with me. Watch this. Here's where it comes together. Where is the only place that you can truly find God's wisdom? Where is the only place where we truly find the truth, God's truth? John 17, it says, thy word is truth. And so listen to me. God says success as a parent is to raise kids who know, who are full of, and who can speak the word of God. Now, I want you to hear that again. That's very plain. God says success as a parent is to raise kids that know, that are full of, and can speak the word of God. Now, I want you to think with me for a second. You ever hear anybody say that? I'm talking honestly, really. You ever hear anybody drop somebody off of kindergarten and say, you know what my goal is that my kids would know and speak the word of God? You ever watch somebody at a graduation ceremony and say, praise the Lord. We've raised a kid that knows and speaks the word of God. Listen to me. That is the goal. Our culture today, we send kids to baseball camp and to football camp and tennis camp and we pay thousands of dollars for those things. We send kids to two-a-days because one-a-day won't get it done. We take most of the hours of our week and we train them in subjects. And God says success is to be filled with the Word of God. The Bible says that's when a parent's heart can be glad. That's when a parent can rejoice. You've produced a child that is full of that can speak out the word of God. Saying 13 tells us this. We better understand and we better tell the world God's definition of success as a parent. Kids that are full of the word of God. What if they never run a 40-yard dash under a certain time? What if they never sign a pro contract? What if they never make a certain score on an ACT? What if they don't even even get into college, go to college, they do something all the way different? What if they live in a neighborhood that's not the neighborhood you would have for them? Listen to me, success is that you would raise kids that are filled up and speaking out the word of God. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart will be glad and my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. All right, moving to the 14th saying. Verses 17 and 18. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Now, I want you to listen to all the words of this. Do not let your heart envy sinners. But live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Saying 14 asks us or directs us to measure the desires of our heart. You want to know what this saying is about? It is telling us, it's asking us to measure the desires of our heart. Basically the question is this, what is it we want What do you want? What are you seeking in life? That's what it's asking. What are you seeking? Now, here's a great truth. Generally, you will get what you seek. And I believe that in any discipline, in any area. I think generally, if you'll put your heart into something, you'll chase after something, you'll go after something, you will get generally what it is that you focus on. So the question of this saying becomes, so what is it that you are seeking? What is it you are seeking? Now, the sinful world holds up some ideals. Now, I'll just tell you, the world is counter to the truth of God, and the world that we live in holds up several ideals, some things that you should want, some things that you should desire. You should want stuff. All sorts of stuff, the newest stuff, the latest stuff. You should want things. You should want popularity. You should want acclaim for everybody to respect you, to know your name. You should want wealth. That's where security is. That buys happiness. You should want comfort and fun and entertainment. You ought to go to all the cool places and do all the the cool things. You ought to want to look a certain way. You ought to want to drive certain cars and live in certain neighborhoods. And the world says, if you have those things, if you can accumulate those things, then you'll be living. You know what, man, you're living. Look at how you're you're living. And our hearts envy sinners. Well, God tells us in verse 18, in those things, there is no future. Now, if you've lived long enough, you'll figure that out. In those things, there is no future. Those things do not last. There is no security in them. Because of that, there's no peace in them. Because of that, you'll find no hope in those things. You ever notice this? I was thinking about this. You ever notice in a beer commercial, and wherever you see it on TV or on the internet, wherever you see it, you ever notice this? Everybody's always happy. They're all happy, they're all laughing. They're all eating steak. (laughs) I don't see them ever eating beans in a beer commercial. They're eating steak and shrimp, and they got a big old pizza over there, and they've got friends. Oh, look at the, they've got all the friends, but not just friends. They got cool friends. You ever notice that? No one has goofy friends in a beer commercial. They got cool friends, good-looking friends all around, and they all pull up, and everybody drives a Jeep with the top off. Everybody's got a convertible. I don't know why. I guess it's never winter in a beer commercial, They've all got boats. They're all heading for the boat. They got a boat. They got a tube. They got a sea dude, And always their team is winning. You ever notice that? I've never seen a beer commercial where their team is losing. Ooh, our team is winning again. It, our team always wins. And their teeth are, are always white. You ever notice that? There's not bad teeth people in a beer commercial. It's so happy and good friends and the top's off. There used to be a sign... on Wilbarger Street, and it was during the fall, and it was about a certain brand of beer and a football player. I think he plays in Dallas under a star, but that's where he plays. And Will was about four. We're driving along, and he looks up and he sees that sign, and he looks at it, beer and a football player. Football player and beer. He looks at it, and he says, Daddy, does beer make you a good football player? And I said, no, you really can't even drink it and play football at the same time. It, it, it doesn't make you a good football player. And he just looked and we drove off. That was the end of the discussion. Well, for the next two years, every time we drove down Wheelbarger Street, he'd say, beer doesn't make you a good football player. And I said, no, it doesn't. And he, and that was the end of the conversation. Yet, listen to me. The world's view of life seems so great that that's where we invest. We've got to get those things, and we've got to chase those things, and we've got to have those things. And the world's view of life seems so great that that our hope is there. And if we can just live that kind of life, that's where our hope is. There's a great philosopher, he's dead now, (laughs) named Hank Williams Sr. And he said this, there's a tear in my beard. Listen to me, the world's things do not last. Verse 17 says, but live in the fear of the Lord always. But live in the fear of the Lord always. The most literal translation means live seeing God. Live honoring God. Live with your eyes picked up and placed on God. Live in the astonishment of God. His grace is so amazing. His love is immeasurable. Fix your eyes on God. His power is unimaginable. He is so wise knowing all things. Be astonished with God. And if you live with your heart set on him, listen to me, you will not be let down. You get what you seek. And God says, if you seek me, you shall find me. When you seek me, with all your heart. And so saying 14 asks us to check what it is we're seeking. What are you seeking? Tonight, what is it that you are seeking? It's generally true. You get what you seek. If you seek after God, you will find Him and you will never be disappointed. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Saying 15 really continues that thought. Moving to saying 15, verses 19, 20, and 21. Listen, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Listen to that. Listen, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Now, here's the thing. See this. I want you to notice this starting off. Let me read verse 19 again. Listen, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Now, here's the first thing to see in verse 19. You decide if you'll be wise. Sometimes we act like that's imposed on us, or we have some certain limitation. You decide if you'll take in godly wisdom. Being here tonight, listening tonight, you've decided if you'll take in godly wisdom. The verse says, you direct your heart which way it goes. Do you know that? You're going to decide to take in God of wisdom. You're going to say, I'm going to live according to God's word. You direct your heart which way to go. Now, the directing of verse of saying 14 is to set your heart on the things of God or the, or the person of God. Focus on what's eternal, on the glory of God. That's the carry away from saying 14. Then... The directing of saying 15 is this. So associate with people that do the same. And those two things are, are back to back, tied together. The first one is this put your eyes on God, verse that saying 15 is, and then associate with people that do the same thing. Let me tell you this one of the false things about people that we like to think. And we like to put out there as that we are individuals, that we do not need others, that we are independent, that we stand alone, that we think for ourselves. Now, I, I believe this. I think if we went around the room t- tonight to the adults, I think everybody said, I'm an individual. I can stand on my own two feet. I'm not swayed by others. I think for myself. I'm an individual. I think all of us would say that. We like that image. Here's the deal, it's not the truth. The truth is, really, we are pack-driven. And as people, really, honestly, we are heavily peer-driven. You ever see the video, it goes around, of it's an experiment they run, and this guy gets on an elevator, and he faces the wrong way. He gets on the elevator, he pushes the button, and then he faces to the back of the elevator. And then there's a camera there, and they video the other people that come on the elevator. Here's what they do. They get on. They look at that guy. He's weird. They look at the door they came in. They look at the set of buttons. And then for the most part, they all face with him to the back of the elevator. And the elevator's going this way. The door's behind them. And for some crazy reason, I guess this guy knows something. I don't want to miss out on what what he's going to see. And they face the wrong way. There's another video that goes around. And it's these folks, the same idea. They go into a crowd. Try this when when you're in a crowd tomorrow. They walk into a crowd and they just start looking up. And and, and it shows the people around them. They start looking around, but then they start looking up. Some of them back up from what it is they're looking up at. We are pack-driven. Well, the Bible tells us of two famous people in Scripture. And I thought about this. These these two guys, these two folks, they are famous in Scripture. They've been talked about a lot. So, the Bible tells us of these two famous people in Scripture, the heavy drinker of wine and the gluttonous eater of meat. Now, what's the deal with those two people? What's the issue with those two people? I want you to see this about those two folks. They are now focused. They are self-focused. For them, it's about consuming now. It's about indulging now. It's about satisfying themselves now, their fleshly desires, what would please them. It's about doing those things now. Notice neither of those things have an eternal weight. Neither one of those things are going to matter in eternity, but they're consumed with them. I want want to satisfy myself now. It's the idea to eat, drink, and be merry. Indulge right now. Live for yourself Bible says they're not going to end well. Bible shows that they will come to ruin. I want you to see this, however. However, be sure of this. The saying isn't so much about them. Sometimes we like to say, oh yeah, those two guys. The saying isn't so much about them as it is about us. Notice the command of the saying is this. Do not be with them. The command is for us. Do not associate with them. Get this tonight. One of the great influences, one of the greatest, but one of the great influences for good or for bad is the people that we run with. And that's the truth. For good or for bad, one of the great influences is the people we run with. Hear this tonight. Think about this tonight. For all ages, for all levels of maturity, well, I I think I've gotten past that. For all people, we ought to be close to people that mirror this. I'm about to read something. That look like this, that love these things. These are the folks we ought to be close to, folks that mirror this. Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brethren... Whatever is true, we ought to be with truth lovers. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, good reputation. If there is excellent and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. We ought to associate with people that love these things, that crave and walk in these things. Again, the call tonight is this. Choose wisely who you're close to. Choose wisely who you're close to. We're going to stop there tonight. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you for your word tonight. I pray that we listen to it, that we hear it, that we're prepared to know it's not the word of a preacher, of a church, of a a denomination. It's not some legalistic duty you put on us, but it's gracious and it's kind and it's truth and it's right and it's the best way to live. It steers us away from heartache, steers us away from pitfalls. So Lord, I pray that we would come tonight and we would love your word, not spurn it, not reject it, not pull back from it. I pray that we would love your word, that we would listen to it. We'd be soft-hearted and we'd be shaped by it. We wouldn't be so headstrong and we start to, to launch off in our arguments against it, but that we would again let it bear its weight in us and through us and on us. And I pray that we would be a people pleasing to you, that look more and more like you, that live for your honor, that are gracious and kind and right and honest. Raise kids that love the Word of God, know the Word of God, because we do. We're growing in that together. Lord, help us to be like that, to look like that. Lord, we come tonight, and I pray for these that have gathered tonight. I pray as, as you have spoken, that we think about it as we go home, that it influences us, shapes us as we go into a new week. We thank you for the good things you've blessed us with, the, the, the places we can say you haven't left us, where, where you've always been who you are, kind, gracious, Powerful to each of us. We're thankful most of all for a Savior in the person of Jesus. We exalt the name of Jesus tonight. Lord, I I pray that as we go back tomorrow, we go into our work week, whatever that looks like for the folks here, that it's close to Jesus that we'll be found, that it's walking with Jesus where we will endeavor, that it's for the glory and the name and the honor of Jesus that we would exist. Lord, we thank you for this day. We praise you for it. We praise you in it. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.